Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! We are to the finish line, folks. The end of a tumultuous season, to say the least, is almost in the books. But this is the last in-season episode, and the next time you hear from me will officially be in the off-season. What's up, Dolphins? Welcome into the Thursday, December the 28th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we uncover the reasons this Miami's defense was... By and large, a failure as we dive into some of the advanced stats provided by a friend of the program. We profile another draft prospect that could help quell those issues. And with the playoffs officially impossible for 2017, we hand out the 2017 Miami Dolphins Team Awards. But before any of that, you guys know the drill by now. I have to remind you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, tuned in, wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and leave us a rating. Go ahead and leave us a review. That helps the podcast grow. Get out to more Dolphins. You can follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. There's going to be no Jeff show this week. I don't have the time nor the uh, desire to do it with the Chiefs game. You can follow the show at Locked on Fins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com for all your written Dolphins content needs. I'll be producing more in the offseason, and we have six new writers coming on to join the team to give you guys daily content on LockedOnDolphins.com. And, of course, check out the other Locked on Sports podcasts, including Locked on NFL podcast and Locked on Heat podcast for local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And let's go ahead and jump right into this, into the show and the portion that I mentioned at the top that I want to dive into some deep analytics and uncovering just why this defense was so bad in those particular games where they were so bad. And I found some stats from a quote-unquote internet friend of mine, Chris Kaufman, and you guys know him as CK Parrot on Twitter, a great follow, a great draft nick, a great Dolphins content producer, whatever you want to call him. He does a lot of good football stuff and he knows a lot of stuff. And he posted a few stats about particular packages and the Dolphins stats allowed in those particular packages. Let's go over those right now. He laid out four problems the Dolphins defense had in 2017 that led to the poor production for overall performance in terms of win-loss and, and of course, points allowed. But the first one here being bad pass defense out of base personnel. Your base personnel is going to be four down linemen, three linebackers, four defensive backs. You guys know a typical 4-3. Don't have to explain that to you. But out of base personnel, the Dolphins allowed 7.68 net yards per pass attempt. Ryan Tannehill had 7.6 yards per attempt last year. That was seventh, or excuse me, sixth in the NFL. So that kind of tells you where they were at on defense, allowing probably a top five pass per pass yards per attempt allowed out of base defense. So that has a lot to do with the linebackers that are struggle in the area of covering tight ends and backs. Obviously, if you have fewer DBs in the field, you're going to be attacked at the linebacker spot probably more often than that. And then, of course, the cornerbacks on the outside play into that as well. But I think it has more to do with the, line, more to do with the linebackers. And then point number two is bad run defense out of nickel personnel. So you try to mitigate that problem with the bad pass defense. You get an extra DB out there. And, of course, nickel package is basically today's base package in the NFL. You have Bobby McCain playing right around 68% of the team snaps this year at slot cornerback. But in that nickel package, the Dolphins allowed 4.75 yards per carry. So four, almost almost five yards per carry out of that nickel package. Very tough to get off the field when you're allowing five yards per carry on your base defense, which like I said, the nickel package basically is your base defense these days. 
Point number three, bad red zone defense, a 68% touchdown rate. That is 30th in the NFL. Only two teams are worse. So the Dolphins cannot get off the field in the red zone. We talked about in yesterday's program talking about how the Dolphins struggled to score in the red zone and to get off the field in the red zone. And that was two areas where they were much better in 2016. And really the, the focal point of why this team was so bad in 2017 or is as much worse as they were in 2017, I should say. So can't get off the field on the defense in the red zone. And then the fourth point, bad third and long pass defense. On third and six plus, the Dolphins faced 82 of these situations, allowed 37 first downs out of the 82, five touchdowns and only three turnovers. Those three turnovers were the worst in the NFL. So when you look at these numbers and what does it mean, you have to find guys that can be more sub-package players, guys that can help you out, guys that can do a little bit of both in terms of the run defense and the pass defense. And the two guys that Chris laid out that I think really really, really make a lot of sense for this team in terms of how they would fix that problem. We talked about Roquan Smith on the show yesterday, the Georgia linebacker that has all the speed in the world that can looks like he can probably cover pretty well. Well, one of the guys is a linebacker that I was privy to before, but I watched some more tape today and got even more familiar with him. Another one was a safety that I have been a huge fan of for a long time. And the linebacker is Rashawn Evans out of Alabama. He's been banged up this year, but you watch his tape. He he arrives with a violent mentality. He can hit, he can blitz, he can play sideline to sideline. I'm not sure that he can cover outstandingly well right now, but I think that's something you can project in the NFL is him moving forward. He has great change of direction, so you think that he could probably cover a little bit at the next level if you kind of build him into that role. And the other guy is a player that might be a surprise for some Dolphins fans considering the fact that the Dolphins signed TJ McDonald this offseason with a big contract extension and then gave Rashad Jones a big contract. Both those guys have long-term deals with the Dolphins right now, but they can both be exited out of those deals, if you will, after the, after the 2019 season. So the likelihood of the Dolphins taking a safety isn't that crazy when you consider that it could be just one year that you have the three of them playing together. But that's just Derwin James out of Florida State, has an amazing redshirt freshman year, blows up his knee, misses an entire season, comes back, has a bit of a down year off that knee injury. So the Dolphins maybe can get him on the cheap as he slides down on draft day. This is all according to Chris, by the way. I don't want to steal his credit. He is making great points, and I could not agree more with him. That's why I'm giving it to you guys in the podcast. But if Derwin James slides in the draft at all, this is a guy that was supposed to go in the top five of this draft, probably going to slide out of that top five now, might even get out of the top 10. And if he does, I would not be one bit upset if the Miami Dolphins took him off the board out of Florida State. He is a violent hitter. He has great range, a big time playmaker on the, on the back end for the, for the Florida State Seminoles. So couple of options you have in terms of trying to find a variety with whether it's the dime package, whether it's you know more nickel packages and those two linebackers that play 100% of the downs. If you can get Rayquan McMillan as well as Rashawn Evans on the field every single play, that is a huge looking upgrade with a couple of very young, you know, 21 and younger type of linebackers with McMillan and Evans would be and getting them on the field over the older Lawrence Timmons and Kiko Alonso. And, you know, we'll talk more about this all offseason about what the Dolphins are going to do with Kiko Alonso because you can't get them off the team. You can cut... Lawrence Timmons, and he is going to be cut at the end of the year. There's no question about that. His going AWOL and missing a game actually vacated some of his guarantees. So the Dolphins are able to get out of that contract for like, I think it was a $2.5 million cap hit compared to like a $7.2 million cap hit. So he saves the Dolphins $5 million by going crazy on that first game of the season and leaving the team. So good job by Timmons there to help out the Miami Dolphins in terms of getting out of a bad contract. Kiko, not quite sure, but something has to be done in the middle of that defense to kind of mitigate some of those problems, whether it was with the third long, third and long pass coverage, the nickel package run defense, as well as the red zone defense. And they have to get better in all those areas. And so you have to figure out look to make a move in the draft or free agency to bring in a guy that can kind of 
do that money linebacker slash blitz slash just be kind of a jack of all trades type of player. And like I said, you can get that in the safety position or you can get it at the linebacker position. Just kind of have to alter your personnel and get more guys in the field that have that type of capability. We will get more into the draft on future podcasts, and I hope to get Chris on the show one of these days. He's a tough man to get a hold of, but talking draft, talking offseason, here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL. You can follow the show at Locked On Fins, and we're going to come back with the 2017 Locked On Dolphins awards as I hand out the MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year award, Breakout Player, and Most Disappointing Player here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, trying to kind of emulate the Miami Dolphins announcing their team MVP today, they announced Indominus Sue was voted team MVP by the players and coaches in Miami. And let's go ahead and start off with that award. I think it's pretty tough to argue the fact that he was the MVP. I sat here a little bit and tried to scratch my head and think about who else it could possibly be that would be the best player on this team that meant the most of the team. And when you consider the fact that he played through injuries, he plays so many dang snaps, 85 plus percent of the snaps once again, getting more of a rest later in the season, but he has been a dominant player, a good pass rusher, a great run defender. He gets doubled every single play. You can't go anywhere else besides Ndamukong Sue for MVP this year when you consider the fact that the offense was so disappointing. I wasn't going to give the award to an offensive player given the fact that they have been one of the worst offenses in Miami Dolphins franchise history. So I had to go defense. I had to go to a guy that played a lot. So I had to be one of these guys, one of these one of these contributors that plays all the time, had to be a guy that was dominant in both facets of the game. And I thought about it, and there really wasn't that many to choose from from that standpoint. And Dominican Sue, the clear favorite to get that. It's a shame he wasn't in the Pro Bowl. I mean, who really cares about the Pro Bowl? It's a joke of a game anyway. I'm sure he's not too bummed out about missing it. But it is a nice recognition to get into the Pro Bowl and kind of add that to your Hall of Fame resume. So, and Dominican Sue, 2017 team MVP, moving on to the Offensive Player of the Year award. And this one... I thought about it for a second, but I went back to knowing just kind of the guy that drives the offense and the guy that kind of it provides that spark. And you guys hear me talk about it all the time, brings the juice. He's the lightning rod for the offense. And there's, of course, Jarvis Landry, free agent to be. Hopefully Miami brings him back in some capacity in 2018, doesn't let him get away. But Jarvis Landry, this is the way he he improved his touchdown total. He was a better threat in the red zone. He did a lot of good stuff on third and short and third and medium and cut, catching first downs and being a, a very good, reliable target on third down. He had some drop problems early in the year. He got that stuff corrected but he became more of a playmaker in the red zone and he continues to break tackles and like like I said extend drives on third down so Jarvis Landry offensive player of the year for the Dolphins and we'll see if he gets that new contract I expect that he will but we will have to wait and see on that defensive player of the year I didn't want to go back to Ndamukong Sue on this one because I don't want to give him both the MVP and defensive player of the year even though you could totally justify doing so but I kind of went with a curveball here on you guys, and it really is predicated on the last month of the season. And of course, going back before that, he had some nice games too. But cornerback Xavier Howard, who went with four picks in two weeks, two for uh, one of those for a touchdown, a whole bunch of pass breakups, took out Brandon Cooks out of a game, took Demarius Thomas out of a game, didn't allow Emmanuel Sanders a whole lot of stuff when he's faced against him on the outside or on the perimeter, I should say. He had another game against Julio Jones earlier in the year that was pretty good, at least in terms of the stats, the balls thrown in his direction. He took care of Mike Evans in the Tampa Bay game, so he had some ups and downs early on, but he's into his 23rd, 24th career game as a professional, really starting to click for Xavier Howard, and he's a big, big, important piece of the Dolphins' defense being much better in 2018. And then Rookie of the Year, 
Going to give it to defensive lineman Devon Godshaw, fifth-round draft pick out of LSU. He came in from day one, surprised everybody in camp, or maybe not surprised, but impressed everybody in camp, playing well in camp, earning himself a spot in the rotation, getting on the field in the first preseason game. He played well, earned himself a starting job in the second preseason game, played well there, just kept on going forward and going forward, got himself a starting job in the regular season over Jordan Phillips, the uh, inconsistent type of player that he is. Gotcha provided very consistent performance. And look at this stat from profootballfocus.com. Devon Godshaw was one of 10 interior defenders with at least 21 stops and no more than one missed tackle on the season. Those 21 stops, that I think I'm pretty sure that has something to do with like two yards or less gained on a run play, or of course, obviously a run stuff also. And then only one missed tackle. He had a forced fumble or fumble recovery as well. So a very, very big year for Devon Godshaw as a rookie. He gets the offensive rookie of the year. And while I'm on this fit, the uh, pro football focus uh, Twitter page here of the PFF Miami, just wanted to throw a stat in here for you guys to mix it up. Talking about Charles Harris. He was the fifth ranked edge defender in week 16 with his eight hurries, three hits, one sack, and four stops in the last two games. So he's been playing very well down the stretch. Good news for the Dolphins moving forward. Those two rookies on the defensive line playing much better this year as well. Charles Harris coming into his own down the stretch. And then, of course, breakout player. I wasn't going to give this to Xavier Howard, but because I gave him the Defensive Player of the Year award, I'm going to go with Kenyon Drake. We all know what he's done in terms of being a New running back for Miami, being a guy that can carry the load after the Ajayi trade. Damian Williams and him were kind of getting the, you know, the split carries back when Ajayi was first traded. But Kenyon Drake comes on after the Williams injury, hits the big play. He can press the hole and bounce it outside. He has speed to burn. He can run the daylight. He can pass protect. He can catch the football. He really did everything for the Miami Dolphins offense once he became the starter. And he has a lot to look forward to in 2018. And the last award goes to biggest disappointment of the year. And there's a lot of options here, but I'm going to go with the guy that had all of that preseason hype, the guy that was supposed to be the next big thing at wide receiver. I'm talking about none other than Devontae Parker, who cannot separate. He cannot beat one-on-one coverage. He has a drop problem. Lots of balls going his directions get picked off. We hear about Clyde Christensen saying that he doesn't want to work hard anymore. He lost that quote-unquote edge that he had coming into the year, that chip on his shoulder that he had throughout the whole training camp process. He loses that for what reason, I'm not really sure. Didn't like he proved anything. Has a complete waste of a year. Looking like a guy that could be on the outs going forward. So those are your awards. Team MVP, Adamakin Sue, Offensive player, Jarvis Landry. Defensive player, Xavier Howard. Rookie of the year, Devon Godshaw. Breakout player, Kenyon Drake. And then biggest disappointment, Devontae Parker. We got a little bit here more to go on the show, guys, on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL. All right, Dolph fans, before we get out of here for today's show and get to the final game of the season, the Dolphins' season finale at home against the Buffalo Bills, let's talk about a quick prediction on that game. I don't see any way the Dolphins come out fired up to play that game. I think they're going to come out kind of sleepwalking and kind of looking towards 2018 and what they can become next year and doing more evaluation. So I have the Dolphins losing that game in not such a good fashion. Let's say 31-16 Buffalo. And speaking of final scores, point spreads, all that stuff, I got to tell you guys about mybookie.ag. I am something of a degenerate gambler and with bowl season in the full force and in the thick of it. I am using mybookie.ag for betting. And, you know, a lot of people ask me who I bet on all the time. And my biggest thing I always tell them is it's not always about who you bet on. It's about where you bet through. And mybookie.com has been in business for years and the reputation is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing. And they have the fastest payouts, just two days does not get better than that in the industry. You know, who's going to win the game, lay down some cash and win big today. 
at mybookie.ag. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now and mybookie will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And speaking about those bets, I've actually hit a bit of a hot streak for you guys. If you were curious to know, I had the Iowa and Boston College game today over 45 that popped just barely at the end of the game there at 47 points so that was a winner and then last night I had UCLA and Kansas State I had Kansas State was giving seven points and they beat UCLA quite handily it was pretty nice to see that spread so high with Josh Rosen out of the game so hit on that I'm thinking about tomorrow I might go with or I guess this will be today for you guys listening to the episode. I might go with the under in the Navy-Virginia game, and I'm thinking Oklahoma State, they're giving six points to Virginia Tech. So those are my picks for the week, and kind of keeping going forward into the bowl season right into the college football playoff. Cannot wait for that. Cannot wait for the Dolphin season to be over and to get into the off season. And of course, one last personal note, I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter, but if you do, you saw that I did a very big thing today. I bought myself an engagement ring. Gotta say that quietly because she is in the house, but hopefully she looks forward to that. I am looking forward to that. So some good personal news here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. That is going to do it for today's show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Check out the Locked On NFL Facebook page as well as at Locked On NFL on Twitter. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com. Be back on Monday or Sunday night, I should say, with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.